Uh, oh my goodness, OMG. It is another brand new episode of Because Cannabis here from Wayward Media. Wednesdays, 4.20 p.m. on YouTube. Thursdays, Spotify with video. Please give us a follow on Spotify. We would appreciate a subscription. A clickety-clack on the finger right now on a phone. If you're listening on a computer, maybe you're listening on one of those three monitor systems all like with different things and you have like a full built flight simulator and you are totally invested into dustin and i good morning dustin Cobb. you are totally in or afternoon or whatever time of the day it is for you totally invested into dustin and i you literally have like a 3d simulation i am all up in there and i'm loud and i'm wearing polo shirts and dustin has his stoner chic and we are right in your face we are 3d holographic images of you you're only going to find out if we got that shit if you hit subscribe and get the brand new shows every Wednesday, 4.20 p.m. Uh, on YouTube and then on Spotify on Thursdays. Dustin Kava, how are we doing today? What the hell are you talking about? I have – I don't even know what to say. You know what, man? I am – awesome i am a little confused but i am awesome and i'm i'm just trying to wish the audience i am hoping that the people listening right now <laughs> i believe that in some person there's at least one person listening right now and we are in their ear holes and i'm really like inviting in them right now in that moment and they're listening and they're like man wouldn't it be dope af if we had a fully holographic image of these two bros for life with us no Ooh, sometimes you, know you don't know where your head goes sometimes You're i hit record and now. i really don't know what i'm gonna say i had no intention of the saying that what i did want to talk to you about uh i was reading an article i don't know where i was reading it dustin the other day about theft in the cannabis industry and how it's uh exceptionally higher than other industries and uh it is an issue right it is a uh, theft problem and while cannabis assuredly is stolen, you know what thing that cannabis companies are dealing with theft-wise that they didn't really anticipate because they're just so used to monitoring plants? Take a few guesses of what things they're losing. Things every company loses, but now they're in cannabis companies too. Office mugs, pens, and uh, toilet paper. Toilet freaking paper, bro. Everybody. Hey, uh, have you? Uh, <laughs> if you had to count on... I, I need more than probably my hands and feet. Uh, how many times you stole a toilet paper from an office or from another business? Uh, have you ever stole it from a restaurant? Have you ever been in a restaurant and like tried to get that toilet paper roll to take it home because you were so desperate? You know what? I years and years, ten years ago, when things were very hard, I remember stealing a roll of toilet paper. But the problem is, it was like one of the the big ones that go in the huge dispensers. Oh yeah, industrial size toilet paper. Yeah, so you're, you're sticking it under your shirt, but your shirt's like out to. It didn't. It 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 didn't work very well. And you know what? I'm glad that life has. I've I've been blessed since, and have been able to help bless others since then. That I don't Here's have your to toilet steal paper. Good sir. Toilet paper. You can hand that out when you're walking down the road. Uh, I get uh, have conversations with people. I had another conversation with someone recently who was starting a business. They were looking to uh, get into kind of a small scale production space, and they were looking at the space. And we just it was a simple line like that. Like, have you thought about office supplies? How are you going to secure them? And they're like, why would I secure them? I'm like, because everybody steals your office supplies. Uh, I'll, and I'll tell you, if you want to know why this is really on my head, Dustin, uh, before we bring our guest today, I'm excited to talk with Pat Wintucky, uh, Cannabis Care Partners, from uh, in everything that he is doing to help you get the best PPE. We're going to talk a little bit about PPE, these supplies uh, that you have in the industry. I actually, and I don't know if it's theft, and this is where I'm torn sometimes, I may have committed a theft 
recently. So we have these gloves and I'm liking, you know, I'm not a fan of the ick, Dustin. I don't touch the ick. I know we got <laughs> soap. I know we have water, but I tend not to dig my hands deep into the ick. So when I work with meat products, when I do those things, I'm a distinguished gentleman. You know, I put on the rubber gloves that my wife buys, but she buys, she doesn't buy them. Uh, from you know a quality company like ccp industries like no she gets them from wherever you know what are the amazon.com they're coming over from overseas they're really thin terrible gloves and recently it's a confession right now on because cannabis recently i was at a hospital and man i was doing something and my daughter was there and i tried on a pair of hospital gloves and they were amazing I, fucking <laughs> box. I took the whole <laughs> box with me and there was a nurse that came in later, and she's like, where'd the box go? And I'm like, I don't know. I love it. I committed a, a, a sin against the hospital and a sin against my morality. But gosh darn it, Dustin, these gloves that the hospital have, I don't know. Uh, hold on a second. Let's bring our guest in because maybe he knows these types of things. Like, Pat, I don't know this type of information. Uh, why was the rubber gloves that I tried on at the hospital, they were blue? But they were they fit my hand. I'm a medium. I'm a smallish medium. I'm not a large fingered, large handed gentleman. So I'm a smallish to a medium. Like they fit it so well and they didn't leave any residue and they didn't tear. And they just gosh, it was like it was fit like a literal glove, figurative, <laughs> literal in this moment. Pat Wintucky, uh CCP Industries, Cannabis Care Partners. Why are those gloves so much better than the super cheap gloves? Glove technology, Pat. That's what the audience is dying to know. Break it down. Go. All right. Well. In a hospital setting or in a you know doctor's office, they use what's exam-grade gloves. There is a difference. There's an industrial-grade glove and there's an exam-grade glove. And in, like I said, hospitals or doctor's offices, exam-grade gloves are used, which the formulation as they're made, they're a little more stringent on the specifications that they have to be made with. So therefore, they're not going to rip at the cuff when you pull them off the cheap kind of gloves that you were talking about. So that is really the difference, exam-grade gloves and industrial-grade gloves. And I'm going to put that on the shopping list, exam-grade gloves. Exam-grade gloves. Wife, don't yeah. be bringing me no, no cheaper plastic gloves up in this house. I need exam-grade gloves. All right, I was a little fired up. But now if you go into the surgical area of the hospital, those are surgical-grade gloves, Ooh. and they're not rubber. They're nitrile. Okay, the my question is, is rubber and those aren't used anymore because of latex allergies. Who are who's high? Who is higher than the surgical grade glove, man? I want to well, know like secret is, levels. Uh, yes, uh, they're like, I don't know, you know, unless you're using chemo, nuclear kind of things. I don't, I don't know. Uh -huh. I mean, there's a chloroprene glove, which would be a little bit higher and more stringent. You know, there's a there's nitrile gloves that are created that, you know, provide protection against fentanyl and those other types of uh, drugs. So a lot of the police departments that we work with get a fentanyl grade protection. Wow. wow. So, so you know, I, there's a lot of different levels of the PP, but getting back while well, I was in the green room and here you guys talking about your toilet paper issues, <laughs> it is not just the cannabis industry. Toilet paper is the most stolen commodity in <laughs> industry today oh that's hilarious it's both uh, i it has to be true i have i have never really stolen a whole lot in my life but i have taken my fair share of toilet paper from my various jobs especially in my early 20s when i was single in an apartment i think for about four years all my office supplies at home were supplied by the place i worked at yeah okay 
<laughs> and that JRT roll, the jumbo roll toilet tissue that does. Yeah. Yeah. It only took one and never again. <laughs> Plus I had that one for four years. So right, right, right. <laughs> uh, we are speaking with Pat Wintucky. Pat, we'll get you a proper introduction here uh, right now. If you'd like to uh, give yourself out, talk about uh, what you're doing uh, with uh, CCP Industries and Cannabis Care Partners. And then obviously we got more a stimulating conversation like glove uh, levels. I want fentanyl gloves now. That's what I know. I want the yeah, best of the best. Yeah, uh, give yourself a proper introduction, Pat. Let us know who you are. Well, my name is Pat Wintucky. I'm with CCP Industries. And uh, as the cannabis industry has been exploding, uh, we created a new branch called Cannabis Care Partners, you know, going back with the CCP. And what we do is we partner with the cannabis companies to help, you know, protect the cannabis plants. Now, CCP Industries, we've been uh, in headquartered in Cleveland since 1921, but we're a nationwide company. There's 130 of me spread out across the country that are very aware, familiar with PPE, and willing to help and partner with you as long. Now, myself in the cannabis industry, I've been working with it uh, primarily in the Ohio market that I've been working with, which is a medical market. And of course, they should be using exam grade gloves because they are basically medicine creating. So that's the difference, you know, and I, I don't know. I'll let you guys go from here. We'll take it from there. Well, I mean, I'm just looking at your product sheet here and I do see that every single pair of gloves you guys offer are either are mostly exam grade gloves for most of the the things that you guys are doing and selling there. I, I, I it's what's crazy to me is people do not. People don't have the kind of love story with their PPE in this industry or in any industry. You don't really hear people in the cannabis industry going, man, these new gloves that I got are just awesome. You know, you always hear them talk about their strains and the organic growth and all this other shit. And to me, what you're doing is absolutely vital it is something that like it's the unsung hero of the industry and so i am just personally so excited that you're here we got to meet earlier at a at a show which um and and you just it, it i don't know it just i'm i'm super excited to talk about this and and again yeah I, ppe is 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 kind of like my my batman right now well, with the PPE, it's it's kind of like it's not a forefront because, like you said, everybody's looking at the strains, the products they're producing, the live resins, all these new things coming out, you know, and, you know, how to make it more potent, whatnot. But it starts with the basic PPE, because if you're not donning the proper PPE or using the proper PPE, it can affect the whole organization and everything down the line. I mean, there's diseases, you know, from botrytis to powdery mildew and God forbid the deadly duds virus, you know, anything like that. But it goes back to the proper PPE, sanitation and standard operating procedures that should be created, you know, with this. Even though we're in the background, we play an important role with the PPE. Would you say as a whole you know, when you have these conversations, because I feel like, and I've talked with you before, Pat, I think you've even given me the whole like sales pitch. You're very good at it. Uh, you know, having those type of things, when you have the conversations with people, why then, if you have all this knowledge, you have all this area, you know, why do people, why do they push this to the last? Why are they not thinking about these things? I mean, it's right off the bat, you know, we are aware a cannabis company, 
at the end of the day is a company. It's a business. It's doing things, which means it has humans that are moving in and about the facility. And then it obviously has regulations like any industry, food service. They all have things you have to do. So you have all these different levels of equipment and then you have different safety measures, of course, uh, outside of that you know, a normal industry that the cannabis plant offers. Why with all these regulations, with all this necessity to be clean and all that, why do you think more companies think of the aspects like gloves, like toilet paper, like supplies is a very last item? Um, I think because, you know, in their mindset, it's creating the best plant, the highest potency or the most terpenes or whatever they're looking to get. And that's, that's the driving factor throughout the whole operation, but it starts with the basic PPE, you know, I mean, and the location where you're donning your PPE, because anything you can do, you can transport that into a veg room, into the mother room, you know, the clone room, into the grow room. You know, and if you're just, you know, not use, utilizing the proper PPE or paying attention to what you're doing or following the procedures, you know, it's a team aspect in there and it should be a team aspect. Hey, how, do, how come you're not wearing your shoe covers? Hey, why don't you have your gloves on? Hey, why aren't you wearing that N95 mask when you are, you know, mixing soils, you know, with the vermiculite and the perlite and you've got all that silica dust in the air? I mean, there has been a couple industry, you know, incidents within the industry, as unfortunate as they are, in areas where they're, you know, producing keef. Keef is a dust in the air. If people are allergic to it, they should be wearing the proper PPE, the proper breathing protection. So it's kind of doing almost like a, a, a safety assessment as you go through the facility. You know, are they using a three-tier growing system where they're using scissor, scissor lifts? Do they have the proper fall protection, the lanyards? Um, you know, have they have they participated in any, uh, you know, fire escape drills or anything like that? I mean, some of these extractors are using butane. Butane is highly flammable. If something goes wrong in that extraction unit, how are people going to get out of the building? You know, are just standard operating procedures as far as safety is concerned. You know, they are an industry and OSHA is the big one and they're subjected to OSHA rules and regulations. So I think that at least someone within the facility, although they're all wearing many, many hats, should, you know, be kind of the PPE or the safety person. And then, you know, working with it. I mean, the, the Department of Health and Human Services in Colorado came out with a report in 2017, which, you know, listed some of the hazards within it and just, you know, kind of doing it. But as you said, Dustin, it's on the back burner. You know what I mean? It seems so crazy that when you're thinking about you're thinking about how to how the end result is going to be the best that it can possibly be to not have those processes thought out and to see that consistency in it being an afterthought is just crazy to me. You thought you said something about the Duds virus. We've only had one other guest on the show out of 90 shows ever mentioned the hoplate and viroid problem going on within the industry and cross-contamination issues. And, and, and it's just, it's extraordinary to me that it's just an afterthought. If you want to be the best at something, you start from the foundation and you work your way up and build those processes at ground level. And the fact that it's happening after the roof is put on after the, you know, as an afterthought is just absurd, especially when you're talking about just how difficult it is to get 
in the industry and succeed within the industry. Every dollar, every decision counts and matters. And that brings up really the main point, which is it is an absolute necessity to me to have a personal connection with my PPE company, as opposed to say, calling up Amazon or Uline or some other big conglomerate that's going to provide some type of services that are similar or, or have a, a similar stance on products, having that personal connection, that rep that is in my town, that person that when something is happening and I need to make a split to sec second decision, I can call you and we can work out what is the best tool to accomplish what I need to do in that emergency. And I don't, think people even think of that aspect of their PPE, you know, supplier. They're not seeing it as a relationship to build like um, some other, like their accountant or their lawyer or their consultant or some other vendor in which they're valuing in a different way. And I, I just, I constantly want to bring attention to that with you is that like you are valued doing the work you're doing within this state and having that personal connection to it. Well, I, I have a passion for it, for one, but then, you know, being legacy in this industry, everybody's got a guy, you know, <laughs> you have a guy for this, you know, somebody gives you a call. Hey, can you get me this? Yeah, I got a guy, but <laughs> Amazon and Uline or some of the other suppliers, you know, and I'm not bad wrapping them. They do their business and they do it well, but they're not your guy. They're not looking out for your best interest. So having a guy that's knowledgeable in it, and like you said, Dustin, can call. Hey, I've got this situation going on. What do you suggest? Well, I've, I, you know, my suggestion is I've heard this around or this or try this, you know, and you're providing them with solutions rather than and helping them make an educated decision. Uh, I think as a whole, and I think this is where it comes into, that's the wrong person. There we go. Uh, I think what I love most about you, Pat, is we got guys, we got dudes uh, who are in the different roles and fields, but I have talked to a lot of, I have in my time, I've talked to a lot of people that sell a lot of things in this industry, especially I've talked to a lot of people at these trade shows that you go to that are transitioning to the cannabis industry, hoping to take advantage. They have a product that's adjacent, maybe like that is in some other field and like, Hey, I can apply the same skill set to the cannabis industry. And they roll all up in their regular world attire. And now all of a sudden they're in the cannabis industry and it's a different space. And so I think, and I have to call it out, Pat, because I think the beautiful thing about you is I feel authenticity from yeah. you when it comes to the cannabis space it is probably much like i love to make fun of dustin so it's with love like the you have a very good look about you you got the nice looking hair i wish i had your hair so bad uh <laughs> for that area you look great you look like the part of a guy who works in the cannabis industry who walks in both worlds who understands that field uh i is it important? And I know you know, you can say is uh, how much you know uh, here at Azega, but it's important, I think, to have some understanding of this space. You can be a guy. You can be a guy who's trying to give uh, sell this stuff, uh, but if you don't have the ability, and this is where I connected with you, to talk the world of the cannabis space, then you're just a guy selling stuff. And so I think what really sets you apart, and you know, when you're dealing with uh, CCP, when you're dealing with Cannabis Care Partners, is that authenticity not to just the product because you clearly know your product but also the industry of cannabis in its 
uh, different, you know, specificities, easy for me to say, that come with this industry? Well, well, I think two words that you said is important. Take advantage. You know, you hear cannabis industry and they're thinking, oh, they're making tons of money. I'm going to jump into the industry and take advantage of it. Well, that's not my gig. My gig is to, to help utilize my expertise and my knowledge from the legacy industry of what I've learned throughout the years. And, and, you know, knowing the operation, getting to know the specific operation of the individual organization and, and learning from them and then helping them grow along with me growing along with them. That's the idea of the cannabis care partners. We want to be a partner with you in caring for your cannabis plants. So, our infinite knowledge and the wisdom that we do, we want to spread that back to you. And, you know, with our company and what we're able to do, we can provide this to you at a savings, especially in this day when pricing compression in the industry, all of a sudden people are looking at that bottom line. What are we spending on PPE? Is there a place we can get it cheaper? You know, sanitizing. What are we doing for sanitizing? So, you know, they, they entitle the person, I don't know if it's the office person or who it might be. Hey, look around, see if you can find a cheaper price. Well, a cheaper price doesn't always guarantee a better product. So, right. you know, that goes to BC where you got those gloves that you're pulling on. And no, I can't stand and it them. Takes you three or four <laughs> gloves to find one that fits and works. So it, it's things like that. So, but it's, it's the knowledge of the industry and knowing what they are going through and what they need in advance of what they do. But again, going back to Dustin, it's 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 on the it's a low rung on the ladder. You know what I mean? It's a necessary evil that they have to have, but they don't really look into the importance of it. With any new client, how do you how do you communicate that importance to someone who thinks that they know everything? The a lot a lot of the companies that we have worked with not that I we work with personally that I've seen and discussed things with throughout the industry in the last 10 years, there always is this level of fuck. I don't want to call it arrogance. It's the fact that they always have a proprietary something a little arrogant. and they, and they, and they really lean on that. We're different than the guy next to us. So you can't, you know, how do you, how do you communicate this level of importance to them about these products that which you're buying? Is, is it always just immediately going straight to the price point or is there a better way to say, Hey man, you should have actually brought me in eight months ago when you were planning this stuff, because now it's going to cost you more because you failed and things aren't going right. You have a surplus of shitty gloves sitting there next to you and they're not working. Um, what is that communication level usually like when they first call you? Are they well, in a rush or are they just like, hey, we're just shopping around price wise? Well, sometimes it's in a rush, but it's also the lead in call, too. I mean, we're coming out of the COVID era where, you know, one, gloves were hard to come by. And then two, when you could get gloves, the market was flooded with gloves that had been rejected. You know, they were supposed to be exam grade gloves, but they didn't quite meet up to the specifications. So there were warehouses with them overseas that were like, OK, let's flood the market. So a lot of these gloves are actually coming out now because people are trying to eliminate their surplus. So pricing has gone down on them, but it all is what you're getting. Now, I believe what you said, though, Dustin, is a lot of people, the legacy folks have done it the same way over and over. And, you know, and it's been the migration from California, Colorado, you know, the West Coast migrating towards the East Coast. And, you know, these directors of cultivation 
bless them. I mean, they carry the weight of Atlas on their shoulders, you know, and it's a lot of them are bringing that along with them. But when you actually talk to them and kind of break down that barrier of, yeah, we do it this way. And well, have you thought of this or have you thought of that? So now you're opening up their minds like, wait a minute here. Yeah, maybe I am doing this. What, what do you got? Or what do you think? So you're just kind of opening up that conversation with them. And if they want to continue, I'm cool with it. You know, I, you know, I, like I said, I'm that guy. But if you've got your way of doing it and you're I'm fine, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to do your business. I'm here to help you with your business. What is the uh, number one most used item in a cannabis facility? Is it uh, gloves? Is it? Probably nitro gloves. Probably nitro gloves. I was just I mean, trying to think I, like. I mean, on, right. on the PPE or, you know, that side of it, you know, I mean, nutrients, soils, you know, energy for lights, you know. Oh, sure. Yes. That could be used more. But on the other side, you know, I mean, they're donning them on and off, on and off, you know, and that goes back to it, donning. I mean, do people know how to put on PPE? Do they know how to put on a suit? Do they know how to put on a glove? Yeah. Wait, is there a special way to put on a glove? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. and yeah, well, of course, you know, cross contamination. I mean, how do you how do you don Why something like without cross contamination? Contamination in my world. I I well, if if we're well, you know, we're about to do this docuseries thing that's coming up. We're recording an extra show um, later on down on site somewhere, and there was a chance we might be in a, a cultivation facility and there is, there is a very specific process to donning that suit to make sure that you're not just messing up the suit that you just donned. I mean, it makes perfect sense, but I, I also don't think that people take that very rarely do I hear the passion in taking that type of care over that process. And it's, it's sad. We've been in 10, 15 facilities um, in the last couple of years and only I would a small percentage did I see a very listed out, absolutely watched what I did, make sure I'm being compliant with that person's specifications, downing of anything. Most people would just like throw this thing on. We're going to walk in the back and call it a day, you know, let my beard hang out and, and everything beard hairs getting everywhere. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's, there is a, a definite difference in the industry between people. Oh, exactly. You know, and pathogens could be anywhere. You know, where do you don the stuff? Is it a clean area where you're donning it? You know, putting on that suit, putting on those shoe covers. Is that a clean area? Or is that just another area where you, okay, I put these suit covers on, now I'm walking along and oh, what did I pick up along the way? Yes. You know, and, and then it's going from room to room, you know, you, you know, going from the mother room, you should be kind of redonning your PPE before you go into the cultivation room. Because if there's a pathogen in the mother room and you got it on the bottom of your shoes, it's going to go because all the HVAC system is going to pull up. No matter the amount of filter, I mean, powdery mildew for instance, you know what I mean? It can go and then it can ruin entire grow, which is big money. And it could have been eliminated if you just had the standard operating procedures to don the PPE correctly, the correct PPE, and just kind of following it along. And then almost the buddy system where you've got that person saying, hey, wait a minute here. you got a hole in that shoe cover. Go get a new one. You know, yeah. just things like that. So everybody's watching out for everybody else. And that's where I think the cannabis spaces were one big family. Basically. Yeah. And I mean, you're under one common goal, cannabis. 
So, so you're the favorite kind of family. You're the one that saves you money. You know, you're the, you're the insurance I'm policy. You know, I'm just here to help, like I said. Fuck, you know? You know? And, and sometimes you're right. It is fucked up. Yes. It's just yes. the way it's done. And, and you know, I, I sometimes I don't understand it, but then you, you kind of look at it. It's like, okay, you know, well, let me see what I can do to combat that objection per se, you know, or overcome that. So getting back to where you say, BC, is, you know, how do you bring that up to a person? How do you talk to them about it? You know, how do you break down that barrier and the sales pitch? Well, it's not really a sales pitch because there's a passion behind it. I want to look for your success at the end of the day. Yeah. I'm not looking at it for the overall dollar. Yeah, I'm going to make a couple of bucks. Everybody's out there to, you know, to work and make a living, but I'm not out there to get rich. I'm out there to help them. You know, so at the end of the day, they do have that high terpene product. They do have those beautiful Kona buds, you know? So at the end of the day, it's helping them. What I role? think a uh, a big part of it, though, and here's the tough spot, because I feel like a lot of even the cannabis companies can follow the guidelines. They can work with a company like yours, uh, Pat, you know, with Cannabis Care Partners at CCP. Uh, the website, by the way, the link is below in the comments. You can click it, follow it and check out the site and get Pat right there. Get him uh, on the horn. Um it's not so much sometimes about the ordering. I think they understand what products to get and what to order sometimes. And you're definitely there to help them. I feel like a lot of times where they struggle is the implementation of it and then the follow-up and training part of it. And I wish more companies, and I think to Dustin's point, had that passion. I feel like you have it and you're, you're, you're oozing it in buckets here, the amount of passion for the PPE. But what happens is they order it. And they put it in and they put it probably maybe even in a nice labeled space because they're trying to be lean. Uh, but then humans get involved and then humans say, <laughs> yep, yeah, the first few days I'm doing all my proper getting dressed the right way. Maybe the first week and then the first week and a half and then two weeks in, I notice no one's really checking. And then three weeks in, I'm like, I don't really need the tape in around here. And then a month and a half in, I'm like, well, no one's really paying attention if my shirt's tucked in. And then six months later, I realize no one's ever really asked me about my beard hair which i off and on wear and no one's ever really called me out on it and then eventually we get some new hires and they come in and they're like hey here's all the ppe during training and then they're like all right i got it and i signed my checklist that i agree and then the other employees like bro you don't need to wear that shit like come on let's do it so i feel like the human part of it uh is the problematic issue sometimes and it starts at the top uh with them uh, if you had to give an impassioned plea, uh, Pat Wintucky, uh, to all these owners and to all these people to help train them or to words to offer to staff of the importance of it, because sometimes you're talking to the business owner, we're talking about money savings. The guy on the line, the woman who's trimming every day, she doesn't give a shit about the bottom line. Like she cares about her paycheck, she cares about her things. How can we help our staff appreciate? PPE? How can business owners help the entry level, uh, lowest paid employees who are clock in, clock out and don't care? They're just there for good discounts and good money. How can we get them to appreciate that these aspects of it uh, are important as well as to not steal our toilet paper? Well, you know, I guess it goes back to that SOP. You have that standard operating procedure that starts from the top. And the top has to be the leader throughout the entire organization. So he has to be the one to do it, donning the proper PPE when it is. But like I said, also within an organization, they're a team. 
and and they're required to wear a lot of hats no doubt about it you know it's all hands on deck if we're we're bucking a, a cultivation room at one time you know so the buddy system you know where you've got a long-standing employee or you have a new employee calling that person out saying, hey, how come you don't have the proper PPE on? Because that new employee knows the importance of it. Or that older employee that nobody really listens to, oh, God, don't pay attention to that guy. He's, you know, whoo-wee, you know. But he's always got his PPE on. So maybe a checks and balances system with it, you know. I mean, I, I wish I had the correct answer, but I don't, you know. But I think it starts with the SOPs and have something that starts from the beginning, identifying the hazards that are there identifying the potential hazards that could be, creating the procedures to correct those or at least work with in the parameters and, and keep moving it forward. But hammering at home, when you have that employee thing, hey, great job, we had no incidents this past week. Everybody was wearing their PPE. You know, we did a great job. Kind of, you know, patting on the back kind of a say. Yeah, Part I want that sign instead of 10 days without an accident to be like 10 days donning proper PPE. You know? <laughs> like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, and it, and it's just, like I said, it's almost an afterthought in the, in the organization where it should be forefront, but it's not, it's important, very important, but it's not the most important, you know, they're seeing the buds through the leaves, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And not looking how to get there. How, how, has there been any innovations within the PPE, within the PPE space in this industry? When I think of PPE, it's like, oh yeah, this stuff has been in existence for 50 years. Like there specifically may be for the cannabis, have they come along and said, this is created because of the needs of this, this like the fentanyl glove, right? Like the specific yes. thing. Is there something like that? I, I don't think yet because, uh, you know, the industry is still quite new. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's been around for, for, you know, well, I guess as I've been reading, it's been around for millenniums already, you know, dating back to, you know, almost B.C. is what they found out. Yeah, they but didn't have great PPE standards back in the. No, 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 no. Back that, in you know. the legacy days, they didn't have, you know, proper PPE standards, you know, I mean, donning a suit to go into a grow room. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, you know how I, much I got my latest concert shirt on, you know, you're right. And the cats walking around. Right, you know how many right. contaminants, like all the olden days, let's just have a real, let's have a, let's have a moment. All you okay. people who are right. owners who are back in the day, who've been talking about this legacy market and how amazing it is. Do you know the amount of contaminants you have put into your body. Do you know the lack of you know, like pet hair and stuff that they did not worry about brushing off their coats that ended up in your lungs, folks? Like, I think a legacy market uh, quality of product we slightly survived. overrated. That's my hot take. We survived. We did survive. <laughs> oh, true. no, we're going to go to I that. Mean, I mean, you know, there's probably people out there that can qualify for that class action lawsuit about Paraquat from back in no. the days. You know, when the, you know, the DEA tried to eradicate it in Mexico using mm -hmm. Paraquat, you know? So, I mean, it's just things like that. But it, it was an afterthought. But now that the industry has expanded with medicinal and recreational use, there's testing involved. Now, you're not going to have testing on the legacy side of things, but going forward, you know, you can test for aspergillus. You know, you can test for all these heavy metals that come from the nutrients. So, you know, there's testing that provides preferably a better quality product that's coming out of things. At least what a about, healthier product. I mean, if not better. Testing, I mean, testing is testing is, you know, 
But then you get to the point where shade you know, on the testing industry, Pat. What time no, is that? No, there no, is no. shade on the testing. Everyone throws shade at testing. It must we be everybody throws shade at testing. Yeah, but part of it is that testing is a real fucking scam in some states. Oh. I know growers in other states where the testing p- facility will call him and be like, "For an extra hundred dollars, I'll make this test test an extra eight percent for you." And it's like, well, wait a second. Are my competitors just fucking paying for an extra uh, a little? change in the in in the label or are you know it's hard even with standardization and regulation and laws it is not a for sure thing it is not an equal playing field so fuck testing you should be upset (laughs) and you're not you're not and it upsets me that you're not but i think that goes to the federal level of things too you know what i mean there's nothing across the federal level where you know the department of health and human services coming out saying hey we've noticed this you know, hops, you know, the duds virus. That should yes. be something that the Department of Agriculture, I mean, it. they do it with corn, they do it with soybeans, they do it with any of our meat products. Hey, wait a minute, you know, we had a salmonella outbreak. You know, we've got to recall all this stuff. There's not something like that. Now, I don't want, I'm not saying you you want that out there to have everything, you know, I mean. No, but the but statistics on hops viroid right now is like. It's spreading. It's, it's spreading it's, across it's, the country. And very, very fast in massive right. numbers, you know? So it's, right. it is something to try to get ahead of because it is moving so fast and they should. But they don't, but they don't because it's, you know, it's not federal, you know, federally yeah. regulated, you know, the deschedulization projects, just deschedule it, period. You know what I mean? Don't make it a one to a three and maybe a four or possibly a two. You know, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Where does... <laughs> tobacco fall into the you know scheduling of drugs you know you know Dude, but that open up the banking you know portion of it you know in taxes where people can get tax breaks if they're instituting op- standard operating procedures that require this where are the tax breaks for the owners but that's that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day i mean in ohio here we want you know vote yes on issue two you know that's what well, we're we issue for two here in ohio for. I think one of the things that's interesting, Pat, is I don't want to say jealousy, but it might not jealousy is not the right word. It's just it's misunderstanding uh, represented itself as maybe anger or jealousy or frustration. What happens when you have, for example, say a federal legalization happens? What happens then is these other bigger companies who do a thing well, whatever that thing is, and make thing can be an agricultural thing. So they do that thing well. They have that thing down to a science. They have the scale. They have the quality of equipment and the proper PPE to pass every state-regulated test because they're used to the FDA and the other state regulators that are up in, in their backsides in their industry and checking off those things. And so when it happens, and this happens in a state-by-state basis now, when they go adult use or when federal happens, the big companies that do whatever their thing is well hop in, steal some thunder. But some of it comes from they just have really strong business practices and they're just applying them to this industry, to the cannabis industry. And so I think what happens for legacy growers and other people is they express that frustration of how oh, they do it. So, you know, there shouldn't be in our industry. It's more they're doing it better than I can because they've been following and thinking about these types of aspects, about PPE, about the cost of safety pins, safety pins, uh, Pencils and pens, whatever type of, I don't know who uses safety pins on the, on the low, uh, whatever you're doing, all these different office supplies. Uh, and so I think sometimes 
it's not always about the cannabis industry not being able to do it. I think they just get frustrated that other businesses understand this stuff, right? They're talking about this in other factories around the world about worrying about PPE. And I think it's okay for cannabis to embrace some of this, you know, be forward thinking in things like PPE and things like SOPs and things like lean and Six Sigma and models of efficiency that have been used before. I, I agree with you, but it, it hasn't been required by them. So mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, out of sight, out of mind kind of a thing, you know, but as we move forward, you're right. They should be thinking of it or, or taking best practices from some of these other industries. How can we incorporate their best practices that they've done into our industry? And I just don't think that that crossover has been done yet because it's still been a state to state, you know, legacy and legal. You know what I mean? So it, I don't think it's crossed over yet, but forward thinking, as you said, let's look into that. How can we be ahead of the curve per se? Thinking about forward, you know, moving forward, the large conversation within the industry is sustainability. And when you think about the talk, uh, look at all this packaging that goes to waste, look at all these, how, how does that battle with sustainability along with keeping everything safe and up to code and, and properly, you know, done. I, how, how, how does that, I, it just doesn't seem like those two worlds can exist in the same thing with PPE, unless, you know, there are dissolvable gloves when, you know, or yeah, like, right, right. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on it. I'm with you on it. When I look at some of the packaging and whatnot, it's like, it's overkill to me, you know, is it required? I don't know the laws. But some of it's overkill to me. I mean, back in the day, you know, you got three fingers and it was rolled <laughs> up in a plastic baggie. But PPE, you know, I, I agree. It is, you know, you, you're donning it on and off those gloves. They're going into a basket. There's no real recyclable program. There has been a couple put together. Um, but the cost to do the recycling of that. And, you know, it's almost similar to like shop towels. You know, yeah, I rent shop towels. Well, that rented shop towel goes in the same washer as the medical shop towel that carries diseases as the machine shop shop towel. And it all goes in that same industrial washer, comes out of that industrial washer into the industrial dryer. Then it's separated by colors and it's sent back to the organization. Yeah. You know, but yet PPE, there, there is an environmental factor to it. And as soon as we can figure that out, that will be great. I've looked into the dissolving nitro gloves. But what they're doing is the chemicals that they're putting in the dissolvable nitro gloves are also harmful to the environment. Right. So, you know, it, it, I, I guess there's got to be a balance somewhere in between, you know, the scales of justice weighing, you know. <laughs> uh, I wonder if this is a curiosity I had. Like, so we came out of um, environment, not environmentally, we came out of a time frame out of the COVID, out of the pandemic, where the thought of the, I didn't even know what PPE was until COVID, right? I think that term that understanding, yeah, right. Mass consumer now <laughs> understands it, and N95 masks and these things. And so, do you think maybe I don't know? Maybe I'm going to limb here. Maybe there is a little bit of kind of rejection sometimes. Like people have been so like forced to be so clean and surgical that companies are pushing back a little bit because of COVID. Have you seen any, like, I'm sure during COVID, as you said, gloves are hard to find like business, probably like in your industry, like a Gojo or someone like just Excel, exactly. right? Exactly. Because people are there. Have you seen that 
that drop or that lull, like, you know, I know someone who worked for Gojo and they're like laying people off like crazy, right? Because they can't keep that demand. How has the PP industry been? It's probably saw its peak. Is it as a whole, you think it's plateauing? Are we still rising? Are people more appreciative? Are they less appreciative? What's it been like on the business side for an well, industry? I, I uh, mean, you know, I think they're more appreciative to it now and they have a better understanding of it. And yeah, I mean, it was overkill, you know, mask mandates and all the other stuff about it. But, you know, I think the COVID snow globe is still, you know, out there. I don't think all the snow is settled yet, but there's a, there's a more heightened awareness as far as sanitation, uh, sanitizing things, protecting yourself, protecting your family. I think it educated the population, you know, I mean, you know, you've got 50-50, however you want to split it, that some don't agree with it, but some do. But I think overall, even the ones that don't agree, realize that, hey, you know, we, we've got to do this just to be safe for ourselves. So I think it's kind of leveled off, but people understand it more. So it, it rose, obviously, during COVID, way up if you could get the stuff, you know. But it's leveled, you know, it's come down, but I think it's kind of leveled off where there is an understanding of it at this point. What suggestions do you have for someone who's looking to stay updated or informed on this? It, you know, during COVID, there every bit of marketing, every news story, every every audio that was heard named all of these things. They kept informing, but as that's waned, what is what's the the go to way to feel like yes, I understand what is out there, I understand what my company is doing in terms of this protection, but I'm still in 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 the echo chamber in some way i'm still being able to hear what the new the new features the new regulations the new you know whatever it is that may change what my operation procedure is well i don't i don't think there is a source for that at this point i mean during covid we were inundated with information of that nature but i don't think at this point there is i mean you know you're going to get two sides to every coin if you're you know searching on the internet looking for some so I think it's just personal awareness. You know, what do I know? How can I protect myself and my space? And then, you know, within the industry, how can I protect myself, my fellow coworkers, and obviously the product that, you know, is, is making my paycheck. So I think going back to where BC was saying, you know, after a few times, yeah, your paycheck is based, yeah, you're going to get a paycheck, but it's based on what comes out the outside of the building. So if something happens on the outside of the building, that might affect your paycheck because now we got to cut staff because, you know, we lost a grow room to, you know, in a quarter of a million dollars because somebody wasn't donning the proper PPE or just sanitation across the board or something of that nature. I mean, it could happen anytime, anywhere, you know, even the best laid plans of mice and men, you know? Uh, are you the type of person, Pat, like when I, I get really deep into like merchandising and I'll be walking through target and there'll be, you know, some boxes that aren't faced and fronted. And I'm like, I got to pull this <laughs> forward. I'm like, they should really stripe it. I'm turning at the convenience store. I'm just turning can. So the logo is striped <laughs> down the sensor and the color coordinates. Do you ever find yourself? I don't know what you do for fun, Pat. You're on vacation. <laughs> you're on the golf course. You're somewhere. And you're like, that person should be taking better care. Do you get like obsessive about other people? <laughs> just on Not super OCD, <laughs> but, but I do, you know, at time. I mean, cause that's my business. I mean, I look, yeah. you know, at ways or, you know, and yeah, I do, you know, and I've even sent it a company, you know, you should be wearing gloves. Or, you know, you better be careful. You know, you only got two eyes. And if you lose one, then you only have one. They're not going to replace it. So you should have the proper safety glasses on. 
And that's just as I go forward, you know, but I'm always trying to learn too. I'm looking on the internet for different ways to, you know, help the industry along as far as PPE and things of that nature, you know? So it's just, you know, like I said, it, it goes down from the top with the SOPs that are created and then making sure that everybody on the team follows through. But, you know, there's no I in team. So you've got to look at that person. Hey, Joe, put some shoe covers on. Come on, man. <laughs> put you your shoe I mean? covers well, on, Joe. I mean, right. part of it is that like, uh, my, my, my son's mother is a nurse and being in that field and seeing everything that she's done, she is overly heightened and aware of things with my son, you know, meaning that like, she's got a pill, she's got a procedure, she's got a format for every ailment. And she's thinking about ailments that haven't happened yet ahead of time. And, and she's just constantly in that nerve state. And I think of you in that same thing, you have seen the horror stories within the industry when something goes wrong. And so for you, it's this heightened sense of, I know what's possible and it's not all, you know, I, I, I just know what it's, I've, I've seen the million dollar loss because of something really dumb or because of procedure failure. And so I, I don't know. I, Do you have an incident? Do you have a moment? Do you have yeah. a thing that happened uh do you have a story like when we used to take driver's ed and they'd show you you know blood on the highway i don't want to get too graphic here no i don't have any stories i'd like to share you know what i mean you know yeah plead the fifth on the grounds that may incriminate me later but they're so there I, people they're in his head you can't unsee the ship Pat Kentucky <laughs> is seen in safety measures and you don't want right. to walk down that path so put your gloves but, on but put your glasses Dustin, on what your what your wife does you know my grandmother says you're going to eat three bushels of dirt before you die you know, uh -huh. so, you know, things of that nature. And, you know, that might be the mindset of people as well. But again, it's the it's a cash crop at the end of the day. So what comes out the back door is important. So it starts from the beginning to get it out the back door, because if you get something out the back door that ain't worth it, then, you know, it's landfill. <laughs> you know, because you can't grind that back up and use it in your, new, you know, your soils, you know. So it's right. just a matter of just. People understanding that there's dangers, there's hazards within, you know, an organization and the buddy system of, hey, how can we be safer? Maybe a dedicated person that, that is that responsibility. So they're taking off the, you know, the trimming hat and putting on my safety hat. They should walk in with their safety hat, make sure things are safe, take off and then put on their trimming hat. You know, it's something of that nature. Just have a person within the organization that's possibly responsible for it. You know, are we getting the right PPE? Hey, you know, Mary's coming over saying these gloves, I just put on six gloves and I still can't get one that won't rip. Okay. You know, well then maybe we need to look at the gloves that we're getting something of that nature, or, you know, you're in the grow room with the led lights, but you're not wearing any proper safety glasses. Well, that's affecting your eyes in the long run. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you need those safety glasses. Hey, put your safety glasses on. You know, you're going to see spots all the rest of the night if you don't kind of a thing. So it's just, it's just, and a lot of it's common sense. It really comes down to common sense. Uh, I think that's something the kids these days lack. But old man on my lawn. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just one of those things, you know, as we start to kind of wrap up a couple more questions here. But I think, Pat, I think it's that reminder of the importance. You know, we've talked a lot about it today, like making sure the person at the top uh, is doing that and whatnot. And so do you think 
I mean, do you think it's going to be, do you ever envision the day where you are the first call for the cannabis company? Do you ever envision the day? You know, I'd love to be the cannabis care partner czar, you know what I mean? (laughs) But just, just to utilize my expertise or someone in my stature, their expertise, their knowledge within the PPE, the safety, the hazards, and just tap into their knowledge. You know, I'd go anywhere across the country to any of these places and do a, a safety audit. You know, they pay my way. I'll come in and do it for nothing just to be sure that the people are safe, you know, and they're using the proper PPE and then expressing my knowledge of it. Hey, have you thought of this? You know, why are you sanitizing that way? You're not killing anything. You know, why are you using alcohol to, to stop that? Well, your alcohol is just covering it up for it to expose itself. You know, you should be using hydrogen peroxide base, you know, different things like that. That's something you're not going to get from an Amazon or Uline. And when these people are they're like, wow, what do I do? They're looking on the internet, you know? There's not a lot of information on the internet as far as safety in the cannabis industry. Really not. But, you know, maybe I'll write, maybe I'll write some about it. I, I was just going to say, Pat, that is really know. what we need. Right. I would subscribe to your uh, your monthly little newsletter that lets me know what's going on. Pat's but guide it, to PPE. Pat's PPE. There's a lot of alliteration there. I'm feeling it. I could. I could. I was, I've been thinking about it, you know? That's how do you think I came up with cannabis care partners from CCP? <laughs> it's a great name. It's a it's it's something uh cold ones and a pre-roll. Hey, there CCP, you go. cannabis care partners. There you have it. All good marketing brands have come up <laughs> under a couple of cold ones and a pre-roll. Pre-roll underrated here. Uh <laughs> Pat uh, Wintucky, Pat Wintucky from CCP Industries Cannabis Care Partners. Once again, that link uh, is in the comments below. You can go ahead and check that out. Thank you uh, for joining us today on the Because Cannabis Podcast. It's been really awesome talking to you. To you. Dustin was fired up. Dustin, did you get all your fill? Did you get your PPE fill today? You were so Oh my excited. gosh, I really am. And I, I just, you're, you're one of the unsung heroes, Pat. And I am so, so happy that you, you've donated some of your time today to just rap about this stuff because it matters you guys and, and what you awesome. do let's do a part two somewhere down the road yes. and see what happens with it see if anything changes but thanks you guys blessings to you thank you uh pat for joining us today dustin another fantastic show in the books that was exciting i gotta tell you i wasn't sure wasn't sure you were so pumped up to talk pp and i'm like yeah it's a guest you know like pat but you were fired up yesterday so i am glad uh that we got to have this conversation thank you for listening make sure you hit subscribe below uh wednesdays 4 20 p.m on youtube every thursday spotify with video as well as anywhere you listen to audio podcast at meet wm at because cannabis socially uh don't forget to check out the plant save my life podcast with host raven Ariola. uh brand new shows about plant medicine as well as some of the other partners in our comments dustin any final thoughts sir uh nope appreciate you oh man a few words but a lot of beard hair all right everyone have a great week uh we'll (laughs) see you next week bye guys